3: Welcome into the Action Network podcast presented by FanDuel at Last NFL Draft Week. We are really excited to give you one last betting update leading up to Thursday night's first round. We have a lot to get to. Your host today, Brendan Glasheen, joined by the usual suspects for our Wednesday recording, Luke Swain, Vegas Refund. You often hear from him during the football season. He's been excellent in our draft coverage here on the pod. And Travis Reed of Bet Labs, Also alongside, we have Evan Abrams, our director of research and media at Action Network. He's here to sprinkle in some data. Our team's making the right call. Historically, when a certain position goes at a certain pick, how does it fare down the road? And just other phenomenal draft nuggets that we'll have. Throughout the course of the show, we will dive into audience questions potentially in terms of how markets come and go leading up to Thursday, whether there's value or no value. And we'll find that out as well when we dive into picks. We have plenty of picks coming your way. This is going to be more of a pick show. We've done a lot of uh, rumor mongering, deciphering the rumor mill. Is it smoke? Is it real? We'll dive in and we will begin, Luke. We'll do one last kind of market update, some headline stuff before we dive into picks because the the Will Levis Reddit thing has uh, caught the attention of many. We'll start with that. Uh, Lance Zerline kind of came out and said, like, I think it's a hoax. Houston's going to bolt to the table or to the podium to take Bryce Young if indeed Levis goes one, but that's a leadoff story. Let's bury some of the last minute market updates, your latest developing thoughts on Levis and where he might end up.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm honestly resistant to talking about the whole like Levis to number one where like just delete that from your memory, if anything, like just take that as one of the hundred examples that, we've had this season about how sensitive this market is where if they're getting money, books have to move it. Like they can't just keep him at 50 to one, 40 to one. Like that's how you go broke. Um, But they just moved it. They had no idea. It was a Reddit post. I guess that Reddit post post technically could be true, but you want to bend to a market based off some guy on Reddit, like that's your problem. (laughs) Um, But (laughs) Levis to me right now still feels like the ceiling is four. If I was like give a percentage for the number two pick, I would say I would rank them Tyree, Anderson, Levis. Uh, Levis and Anderson probably somewhat tied, uh, but that might just be recency bias. Where every mock you see has Anderson at number two. Uh, but Zerline came out and he had a tweet reply yesterday, which was amazing. Um, like he was he's been the MVP so far that basically just stated it's not going to be Stroud. Um, like no iffy context behind it. He just said not Stroud, that too, um, which a couple of days before he actually tweeted about Stroud still being in play, yep. which the fact that he replied to another tweet, basically saying that he's not anymore uh, based off the previous one kind of makes it even more relevant. But three, you have some Paris Johnson rumors, everything down to like Kyler wanting Paris Johnson. Uh, you see a couple of mocks, like guys like Charles Davis, who's a pretty good mocker. NFL.com even had him there. For whatever reason, I'm kind of buying Paris Johnson at three, like not totally, uh, but that's also a prime spot for the Cardinals to trade back to seven. And that'd be great value for Paris. Um, Levis at Col- Colts still. Richardson feels like he's falling like. A lot like if the Seahawks don't take him, like yep. he could get to the 11 or 12 range. Who knows? Yeah. Um, and then Stroud is the mystery. Um, I think Stroud's ceiling is probably eight right now. Um, but like everything you see, every tweet you see is the uncertainty is at an all time max, which it feels like we say that every year and everyone's just mm-hmm. hedging their draft advice. And it definitely is uncertain. Yeah. Um, but at least we're more certain than everyone else is on like our certainty on being uncertain is better than everyone else. At least you could say, which gives us a leg up, but uh, Jalen Carter is the last one. He is the landmine and there are a lot of conflicting reports. You got guys like Jeremiah and Schrager saying that the Seahawks are out on him, but then you got guys like every other reporter saying that the Seahawks like Breer, or whoever I'm um, saying that the consensus is everyone's expecting the Seahawks to take Carter and, Carter's under yesterday, which was at six and a half plus money, got absolutely smoked yesterday. I think the under's at like minus 300 some places now, um, which I don't know where that money came from, which usually when you don't know where it came from and it's a move like that, you got to take notice. Uh, But the Eagles are also rumored to trade up to five, um, which would definitely be for Jalen Carter. So there's a lot going on. Uh, But yeah, I think that's a good recap.
3: A lot to unpack from that. Jalen Carter, specifically, I saw last night on FanDuel plus 140 to go fifth overall. That's now dipped to minus 115. So that also connects to Seattle. I'm glad you brought up Anthony Richardson. There's a lack of clarity on his front because he's not favored to go anywhere. I mean, just look at Number three overall pick and on down. There's no Anthony Richardson is not a favorite for any of those picks. so I think the market's and, even confused as to where he might end up.
0: And I will say his over under has been four and a half. Yep. Since it's been out and the over has been like minus three hundred, minus four hundred. Right before we hopped on the show, DraftKings finally moved it to seven seven and a half, uh, minus fifteen, both sides. <laughs> they literally have no idea. Uh, but that that is a legitimate signal that he could fall outside of the top 10. And we've been saying it, that if there is a guy, um, he seems like the most likely based off of guys like Zerline. Uh, but seven and a half is probably where they should have moved it a while ago. Um, I think him going, he's either going to need to go to the Seahawks, I would say. He's either going to need four quarterbacks or three quarterbacks to go in the top three mm-hmm. or the Seahawks to take him or a team to to trade down. So like the scenarios feel like less likely than likely for him to go. But I just, that is like, who knows?
3: As far as a a bit of news, and I'll I'll get Travis's thoughts here, and then we'll go to Evan. Um, John McClain, longtime reporter at the Houston Chronicle. He now writes for Sports Radio 610. Houston guy connected to the Texans. He was on the radio this morning and said, Houston has no indecision whatsoever. Those are national media reports. They know what they're going to do. They've just put a tight lid on it with the second pick. I have them taking Will Levis in my final mock draft. And that's someone who's pretty connected to the organization. Levis at plus 230 to go number two. He is the favorite to go fourth overall to the Colts as of now, if the Colts stay at four at plus 130. Travis, a lot there from Luke. I think he hit the headlines. The other one, Bijan Robinson said he'd want to play with Jalen Hurts and the Eagles pick at 10. They want to build a, you know, an all-star skills challenge team. Maybe they should take them to 10, but I think they need help up front, help in the trenches. But Travis, knowing just as we do one last market update, before we go to the picks, what's something that's grabbing your attention that you're just messing around with in your head right now?
1: Yeah. The uh, you mentioned the Houston, that's still the linchpin in the draft and he said they are decided, but they're keeping a tight lid. So, yeah. <laughs> like you he said, he's he's plugged in, but the fact that he's acknowledging that they're keeping it secret
2: oh. tends
1: to make me think he doesn't know what the pick is, uh, but that he knows that they know what the pick is. So I wouldn't take that mock draft to say, okay, they're definitely taking Levis because he's plugged into the Houston market. Um, so I, I still think you know Tyree's the favorite in the market, and I think you know we go back to that very first Zerline. We called it drunk mock um you know that i think that's the most likely outcome is tyree at two and then arizona wants to get out at three um we've known that for a while they want to trade down they need a lot of pieces but is anybody going to actually pay the price to move up so we're still waiting on that um i think yesterday was actually a good day to buy bryce young to go one that price fell for no reason um and we basically we have Jay Glazer saying, yeah, he's he's the pick. Um, that's not a hundred percent, but if that's ninety nine percent, Lane minus five hundred, minus seven hundred into a market like that is is a perfectly reasonable price. And I think yesterday was a good example to take advantage of some of this made up news <laughs> of uh, of Levison, the yep. whole Reddit situation.
3: Well, the market's moving as we speak on this Wednesday, the day before the draft. Anthony Richardson's. Uh, draft position number is changing as we speak we're seeing some seven and a halves out there now which now reflects what luke just discussed if indeed he falls to seven which is where the vegas raiders select or atlanta at eight so just we have to break the news if we're coming live on a record here we've got to we've got to keep people updated evan abrams we haven't heard from you yet what to you has uh emerged in your research with one day to go before the draft
2: It's just Anthony Richardson. And I'll go back to that for a few reasons. It's just the fact that his combine numbers, I think is what made him the more interesting prospect at the time. Like his numbers were absurd highest broad jump for any quarterback in the combine since 2000, uh, only two quarterbacks have had a vertical jump of 40 or more, 40 inches or more. Like all these things that came out about him, I think made everyone realize how big of a prospect he is. But I also I also think he's a prospect and a project. And that's kind of the reason that he's kind of fallen back. It's interesting. FanDuel right now has Richardson at plus 100 to be a top five pick. I'm really, I'm really, really hope he would, they would offer the other side of that bet, because even at minus 120, I'd like to bet him not to be a top five pick, but mm-hmm. Fortunately, that's not there and honestly the one stat really fun he's through 24 touchdown passes in his college career be the fewest by a first round pick since Michael Vick in 2001 so that's a fun comparison but also kind of shows you how long it's been since a quarterback like that has been taken in the first round so fun comparison but also I tend to look at the negative there I think the over four and a half was the bet the entire time I, I think he's a project uh I think Levis probably ends up sneaking in in that four slot. And then from there, I think Richardson's just going to fall until someone takes a shot.
3: Either of you have thoughts on that with Richardson? I know uh, Travis, we've uh, Luke had thoughts on him. Anything, any developing opinion on, on Richardson?
1: I, I think Tennessee would take him at 11 if he falls there. Um, but I also think it's not a situation where they're going to move up to get him, just kind of hope he falls in their lap. Mm-hmm. Um, and that would kind of work with their timetable, I think, of, Letting Tannehill maybe play this last year out and then move on and go to Richardson next year Um, because they've kind of been in between, you know, like they want to get rid of Tannehill, but they're not quite ready to get rid of Tannehill. So I think that would actually match up with what they're trying to do long term.
3: Okay, let's get into the picks because we've done a lot of surfing through news and the latest reporting, which is what we just did. But I think folks at this point now are thinking, okay, you guys have been giving us all this stuff and you guys have done a great job. Travis and Luke have given picks six, seven weeks we've been doing this, but now they're like, okay, now I want to actually bet the draft and now I want to actually do stuff. Now there might be, and please guys make this very clear when you give picks or if there's something we get to that might be. A stay away spot and there's no value. And example, Luke, I'm looking at that pick you gave out um, last week. I, I believe it was just a week ago. You gave out Buffalo Bills first player selected. I think you said, um, and by I mean position, of course, not the actual uh, player name. Uh, you had I think it was a defensive line or offensive line. D line. And D line is now the favorite at plus one fifty. You got to that plus four fifty, plus five hundred last week. So. I think you've lost your opportunity, which it's very similar yeah. to when you want to bet a game, right? If so you lose value on the line, maybe you, you stay away. In not all cases, I'm just throwing that out as an example. Yeah, so, which,
0: that's it's actually not a bad spot to go into my first one because it's okay, kind of going do. to be based off of uh, like value where, I want to say a month ago, I gave out Eagles offensive line, yep. uh, which was like plus 400. And now Eagles at some spots are minus 200 to take an offensive line, which has pushed defensive line in the plus 150, plus 175. I think one book has it at plus 200 or plus 225, um, which at this point I'm going to go with Eagles defensive line um, at plus odds, which right now I would say defensive line should definitely be favored. And if you got a good number on Eagles O-line, really the only landmine that could – Keep you from guaranteeing yourself profit with both of these is going to be Bijan Robinson, uh, which, <laughs> like, I'm I'm willing to take that risk because right now the Eagles sit at ten. We have the rumors of them trading up to five, which you would assume is for Jalen Carter. I mean, I guess it could be for Bijan, which then Evan would win his phenomenal seventy-five to one bet. But uh, let's just assume it's for Jalen Carter at five. Uh, that would be D-line, or if they stay put, uh, the trendy picks, which One of two I really believe in. Um, Nolan Smith, if he gets there, that would be a fantastic pick that you hear everything that they love him. Van Nass is a very trendy pick, which you also hear that they love him. Uh, But there is a premium position, which Ty Roseman is notorious for taking premium positions in the first round, um, which O-line is definitely still alive if you have a good number. I would not be laying the number where O-line to me at this point feels like a scenario that it would be best available like Skronsky where guys like Nolan go eight. Essentially. Yeah. Like Jalen's off the board, Nolan's off the board Where the best available based off of who's there would be, I think they would just default to Skronsky, but D line, um, if it falls, like there are more scenarios for D line to come into waypoint. It shouldn't be, I think honestly, it shouldn't be plus money at this point, Um, which I think is a great bet. Um, and just really these odds are available because offensive line got steamed and these aren't, this is an efficient market and things that should have been favored um, aren't anymore and are just odds you can scoop up um, basically arbitrage.
3: That's a really, and and off of that, so Eagles to draft D line with their first selection in the draft. So at 10, if they stay at 10, of course, if they move, that could, but that even if they move, that actually could work out in your favor if they want to move up and draft Carter, because that would still fit your. Um...
0: Yeah. The drafting up scenarios where like usually trades are just like they screw everything up Yeah. where like the snares least of them trading up seem like the odds wouldn't change. Like I, I, I think it would be for Jalen, which the Seahawks are the very trendy pick to, to trade back right now, which that is the Jalen spot, Um, which who knows, that might've been having to relate with, uh, the Jalen understeam yesterday, whether it was the Eagles rumors at five, which would be for Jalen or just everything coming out about the CX taking him. Uh, but it could have been coincided about people betting Jalen at number five um, hearing the Eagles stuff. Like who knows, but
3: I want to get a pick from Travis, but just really quickly, can you explain, because you sort of got to this, but I think it's important to note for the audience betting the draft. And if they have already got a bet in place at a greater number, like Evan, for instance, has brought up his, Seventy-five to one ticket. Is is it always appropriate? Are there situations where you don't hedge out? Meaning, like I'll give you an example: Jackson Smith and Jigba. I took him to go to Green Bay at plus four seventy. Now he's down to plus two ten at Fanduel. But I could get the Texans at plus four hundred. Do I just bet the Texans, or do I let it ride and just take my Green Bay ticket to Thursday? I'm just curious as to are you hedging out of a lot of these if you get a very similar uh, plus so- value number? So I wouldn't honestly. I wouldn't say this is a hedge at all. Uh, this is kind of just
0: like basically arbitrage where you're raising the. I mean, a yeah, hedge isn't a great word because it's not a. You're, you're basically raising the percentage of making a profit with two great numbers where. Yes, better for way. Specific of it. specific players. I wouldn't with these positions. You could um, over unders move. You can middle, uh, but I would. I would say usually most scenarios, I would just let it ride but especially – but the scenarios that are, like, really low in the picks where the lower the pick, the more certainty we we have. We have the pool of players that are going to go top 10, top 15 in theory. Um, So you can figure – it's a lot easier to figure out where they're – like, the chaos gets in the back end of the round, which I wouldn't be doing that so much. Um, But unless it's, like, yeah, crazy numbers, like like Hendon Hooker right now, like Texans, he was – like thirty to one a couple of days ago, um, where if you don't believe Hendon Hooker's going to go in the first, like for me, I just saw that and like ooh Texans, like that was interesting. Um, but yeah, I don't even know if I answered your question. But yeah, like if there's value, no, but that like, yeah. makes sense.
3: That makes sense. It's not an exact hedge, but if you've got, um, you, you're just getting two great numbers, right on on the same. You're getting yeah. two great numbers at two positions if we're using the team example team to draft uh, what position they draft at their first pick, then perhaps there's a, an angle there. It's not an exact hedge, but that's, I think that's just good to point out just in case there's something there.
1: Um, and which by yeah, the way, I, yeah. I have an trend. example of that. Um, we've talked about, I've had Jackson Smith and Jigba to go be first receiver. And I even have on my sheet here, Zay flowers plus 400 to be first, just kind of as a hedge. Um, okay. Just, you know, so even, you know us the experts we kind of question whether or not we should hedge out of some of this because there is such a wide range of outcomes so i do think if you have been listening to all the different episodes and you've kind of been betting on jsn to be first and you want to kind of hedge off of that i think zay at plus 400 is a fine number to take right now
3: okay travis what else you got as far as what you want to give that's fresh and new for thursday night
1: uh, yeah, I like under one and a half running backs in round one. This is basically just a bet on Jameer Gibbs not being a first rounder. Um, his ADP is right around that, like that 30, 35 range. So really, this is more just kind of a gut call of those last teams in round one, I think are all pretty well ran and they're probably smart enough. I would hope the Chiefs learned their lesson from CEH a few years ago and wouldn't make the same mistake of taking a running back in the last pick around one. Um, so I, I, think just Bijan, uh, in the first round as a running back, uh, I like under one and a half running backs in the first round.
3: Evan Abrams,
2: I think you have something for us here that relates to this particular pick. I was honestly going to talk about the two, were the hedging a few seconds ago when we talked about the two way market. It just, to me, it's difficult when you have too many options. Like you get yourself in trouble when you want to do that. Like if you have right. his example of having flowers as like a backup to his initial wager, that to me is a hedge. But when you look at like six or seven teams that could take a player, that's not a hedge. It's just another bet. It's another bet. Um, so I just think that's where you can get dangerous. Uh, it's actually funny. I took over one and a half running back yesterday on the <laughs> show uh, for Green Dot Daily. So I, I think I did initially disagree with it. But now if you look, that number's up to like minus 300. So I can yeah,
3: easily... minus 275. Uh, no, pardon me. It's at uh minus 215 at FanDuel.
2: Yeah, I could honestly get out of it right now and just take a profit, which is fun because I took that much earlier. And I think it's possible someone takes a shot at like 28, uh, which honestly, I could take Gibbs to the Bengals and probably be happier with the fact that that's like 10 to one, even 12 to one in some places. So that just might be my bet. And then if it doesn't go there, I'll make the assumption that he rolls out.
1: Yeah, and pricing is everything. You know, at, at a certain number, I, I'm willing to go over one and a half running backs as well. So it's just taking the plus money whenever these huge these markets move around, I'm, I'm willing to take both sides. So
3: and piggy piggybacking off the, the, the round one specials discussion. I know we uh we just had a brief moment there talking about Hendon Hooker, the, the another market that has substantially changed over four and over under four and a half quarterbacks first round. The over's at minus two seventy-five now. That probably relates to the Tennessee quarterback and where he might be at the end of the first round. Let's go back to Luke for another one. What else you got for us?
0: So my second one, I'm going to go with Bengals defensive line, which I believe right now is plus 350. Which this is going to be one where like the options that are favored for defensive line or for the Bengals are cornerback, tight end, um, and then it's defensive line, which. Tight end, you would have to assume that probably one of the two is off the board, Michael Mayer or Kincaid. If Kincaid gets 228, he might be falling to 28 for the reasons that you don't want, like the medical red flags, et cetera, uh, which is definitely a question mark. And both of them might not be there either. Um, and then when we get to wide receiver, like the wide receiver class is falling, uh, but they might not even be there. Uh, so this is going to be one where like the options that are favored either have a question mark or wide receiver just might not be there. And then quarterback, excuse me, cornerback is the other favorite and quarterbacks are surging. So we have the two in the top 10 and we got Forbes banks and then Porter We're not. they all might be gone.
3: So like, well, and that, is, that speaks, that speaks to Travis's pick. He gave out earlier in our betting update, uh, Episodes when he took over five and a half uh defensive backs in the first round. So that correlates. Right. So
0: like the cornerbacks might be gone, tight ends might be gone. And then you get to like what are they going to do next? And at the back end of the first round, that is when the defensive line edge guys there are more that can fit. So we got McDonald, Breesy, Mozzie Smith, uh I, the two guys' names I can't pronounce. Uh <laughs> Like, there's just a plethora of defensive line uh, options that you can make an argument that are first round talent. And it just, I mean, Gibbs would be like the wild card that I can totally see blow, blow this up, uh, but which running back odds for the Bengals or Gibbs odds for the Bengals are fun as well. Uh, but this is just kind of one where there's value, I think, based off of how potentially the board could fall. And like, I make my own mock drafts and, I get to the Bengals, and sometimes I like literally like I just default to the defensive line because the tight ends are gone, the corners are gone. Like Forbes is like going in the teens now. Um, That I just think has value based off of um, what I what is favored and not reaching them and being a premium decision.
3: Okay. Bengals defensive line with their first pick plus 350. And as Luke mentioned, the Bengals don't select until 28 end of the first round. Buffalo's just in front and then New Orleans uh, files in behind after them. Okay, hey, Travis, we'll go back to you. What do you got for us? Other pick. Yeah,
1: yeah. Luke mentioned the uh, wide receiver market falling. And my pick is that Quentin Johnston over 26 and a half is actually plus 130 now. Um, and I, I like that value there. Um, I just, yeah, I agree with what he said. Most of the, the receivers have just kind of fallen back of where we originally thought they were going to go. We've heard a lot of rumors that the teams just don't think these receivers should be as high as a lot of the early mocks were taking them. Um, and I think Quentin was kind of just in that first group of receivers just initially, but it seems now like Zay Flowers has passed them. Uh, Addison seems to have passed him, at least looking at, you know, the latest mocks and ADPs and everything like that. So um, I've seen mocks where he's not in the first round at all. So I think getting a plus number here, um, uh, like I said, it's plus 128 at FanDuel right before I looked at over 26 and a half. Um, I like taking Quentin Johnson's over.
3: Luke, you got a thought on this one? Yeah, I've
0: I, I've been on the Quentin over. Um, that was one of my first bets when they all was off, it so.
3: was it 26 and a half also? Or did it was it? Uh, it
0: was it was 24 and a half, but there was yeah. juice on the over, um, which 26 and a half at plus money. Like I can't argue with that.
3: Okay, very good. Evan, you anything to,
2: to weigh in on here as we talk about receiver at the uh, bottom of the first round? I like that, quitting over. Uh, I, I think based on the fact that you have so many options there and that skill players tend to not be as valuable in these drafts as like – Defensive linemen, offensive linemen, like there's certain other areas most teams tend to reach for than than like the fourth receiver on the list for us. Uh, I think that's the right call. And even when you're looking at these mocks, like the Chiefs, I think is interesting if you wanted to lose that bet, but yet try to pinpoint where he might go. Um, I see a few people like that at 31, so that might be an option. And even uh, even at 33, uh, I think is interesting as well, but. Yeah, I like that bad. I'm good with that.
3: If you are, have been a loyal listener to our draft update episodes here on the Action Network podcast, we had uh, the folks from Sports Info Solutions join us a few weeks back, and Quentin Johnson uh, was the second-ranked receiver only behind JSN. They had Flowers 3, Josh Downs uh, right behind Flowers, but Quentin Johnson was high on their on their list in terms of their overall wide receiver rankings. He actually – Quentin Johnson was – 16th overall. So second among receivers and 16th overall on their, uh, on their big board. So, but we, we've got, we've got a chance and that doesn't correlate necessarily with what teams think, obviously. So uh, the guys like an over 26 and a half, Luke got it at 24 and a half, but still thinks it's playable. Okay. Luke, let's go back to you. We'll keep and folks. We've got the, we'll just keep going until these guys run out of uh, ammo here as it pertains to picks. So um, what else you got for us?
0: Sorry. So my next one, I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, my next one is going to be Bucks defensive line first position, which I believe this is plus 250 on FanDuel, but I think there are some better prices out there. Uh, where this is kind of similar to the Bengals, where I think offensive line should be the favored favorite. And then I think defensive line should not be far behind, or offensive line, I want to say is like in the plus, like. I think it's like plus 120.
3: O line plus 175 D line plus 250.
0: Yeah. So in their better prices. The where this is one where there's like four to five like like first round tackles, where we got Paris Johnson, Skaronsky, Broderick, Darnell, and then the borderline guy who is trending up is Anton. And there's a very good chance that all five of them might be gone. Then we get into the 18 to 20 range, which the Bucks pick at 19, we have a bunch of D line that should be there. Where the offensive line going are going to push the defensive line in this range up. Where we have Miles Murphy, I think McDonald is live here. Uh, that we have guys like Cansey, etc. Where it is a premium position. This is an awful team that needs everything. Bijan falls here. I think they take him as well, uh, but. At plus 250, every Buccaneers like expert beat writer has basically been har- harping offensive line, defensive line. Um, one of those two options, which has plus 250. It's an easy one because it seems like the offensive linemen are trending or getting dragged down, especially if Paris goes three.
3: I would imagine, too, in your case, when you're looking at these uh, team draft specials, position of team's first drafted players, are are beat writers your primary source for that in terms of just following news? Or are you looking at it just from a pure, they have holes here. Here's what I project will be available at this point.
0: Beat writers, for sure. For these types of bets, 100%. Got it.
3: Okay. And that's, I mean, I'm not trying to take away from what you do. I'm just saying that's attainable from a listener. Oh, yeah know what I mean?
0: Betting on the draft is 100% <laughs> taking information from others and digesting it into bettable angles. Like, gotcha. they aren't writing their articles based off of what bets are great. They're writing them based <laughs> off of whose contracts are expiring, what position are need, say in the press conference. And then you just got to take that and recycle it into what is the best bet based off of that. Um, so...
3: You mean that the Tampa Bay Times isn't in business for Vegas refunds, betting <laughs> interests? Um that's <laughs> they
0: should be. Everyone they all should they be should. for us.
3: <laughs> um okay, very good. And Tampa along their D-line, um yeah, Vita is back, but uh they've got some uh they've got to get some depth in there. I think that makes sense uh for their defense, which is their strength of their team as of right now. Travis, we'll go back to you and we'll uh we'll continue here. What
1: else you got? All right. So this one's not based in information. I would say this is more of a gut call, I think, than some of my other ones, but over two and a half tight ends in the first round. Um, Mayer and Kincaid are kind of the guys that we know. So it's really just, is it going to be Darnell Washington? Although I, I've seen a mock or two that have even Luke Musgrave sneak into the first round. And it's really about that kind of, again, that back five, six, seven teams in the first round. The uh, Bengals, he mentioned, you know, they could reach on the third tight end um, if they decide they want to go that direction. I think the chiefs with the last pick in the first round could easily take a tight end with Kelsey, you know, getting older, maybe try to draft his replacement, um, you know, in the first round. So there's a few spots and there's a lot of teams where tight end is a a big need. Um, I mean, Detroit is, you know, even earlier, Dallas needs one. Green Bay needs one. There's a lot of teams where they, literally don't have a very good starting tight end right now if, if the season started tomorrow. So um, I think we could see tight end go a little bit earlier um, and then force one of the, these third guys into the first round. And don't Evan forget any- Tucker Craft. I mean, obviously he could do it. <laughs> <laughs> we,
2: we, we need it. We need a Tucker Craft um, update. <laughs> uh, interesting. It's interesting that Musgrave is plus 650 to be a first round pick. But Washington's plus 200. I think if Travis is on, I'd probably just take the plus 200 on Washington, hoping that Musgrave isn't the guy because he's been he's been kind of mocked a little bit lower than that. And I think if he wins his bet, it's probably Washington. So, yeah, the only but, so I looked at that, but the the odds for
1: the over two and a half is plus 198. So it's basically the same bet. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to lose the two cents on the price there just in case it is musgrave. So that's fine.
3: Okay, that's good. That's a good note. And that's good to point out. And our friend Tucker craft is still at uh 100 to one to uh,
1: <laughs> no steam yet. It's coming the first out.
3: tight end drafted. <laughs> Evan, anything else to weigh in on there from a, a, a tight end p- perspective with uh, there's been a lot of discussion more so not as much lately, but very much so early in, mock draft season and uh, big board season?
2: I think the only thing with tight ends that really fascinates me is just the range of Kincaid. Like, I, I think people are mocking him in the thirties and then you see some people talking about the fact that he could go to like green Bay at 13. So I, I don't know if there's another player that has like such a wide range of outcomes as sure. him. I think the two and a half though is kind of right in the sense that I think if you looked at that many drafts, I would say Washington and Musgrave probably don't make it into the first round for a number of reasons. So I, I think the number is probably right. And like you said, it was a gut call, but to me, Kincaid's the most interesting.
3: Kincaid draft position at FanDuel, the over juice to minus 130, 24 and a half. Mayer is at 21 and a half. And as of now, it's all I see for that market at FanDuel right now. So, um, Over 24 and a half team selecting at 23, Minnesota, Jacksonville's at 24. And as you guys mentioned, Kansas city bottom of the first round Cincinnati, possibly, but as Luke said, he likes defensive line. Uh, Dallas. I mean, is Dallas in the, we talked, we talked about Dallas quite a bit, the the Bijan hype, Texas kid, Jerry Jones would love it, but, but a, um, why am I drawing a blank on the tight ends name that they lost to Houston? schultz dalton schultz thank you very much dalton schultz gone is dallas in the market for a tight so I'm, I'm trying to figure out travis based on your bet over two and a half you mentioned kansas city are you, are you banking on dallas to be one of those teams to help fulfill your your needs here
1: yeah i, w- I wouldn't say banking but they're definitely i'm optimistic that's definitely optimistic. One of the possibilities um yeah it it's hard jerry jones could do anything (laughs) so and i think he's usually making the final decision and for a lot of these so he could go a bunch of different directions he's probably the one i'm most scared of for the over (laughs) one and a half running backs um (laughs) because he'll just say screw the analytics i'm taking Mm. the guy i want so oh come
3: on he's got to have learned his lesson. i think from the zeke contract right i would like to think but
1: i don't then
3: again, it's true because you could draft him and he's got five years of control and it's not the Z contract. So you might be yeah, you might you might be pessimistic in the proper way, but optimistic that they take a tight end.
1: Yeah, but tight ends definitely need for them. Um Green Bay gets mocked tight ends quite a bit. Um they're usually the first one off the board. Um so yeah, there's and then there's also the wild cards teams that take tight ends that you did not expect to take a tight end at all. So all right. we'll we'll see. On Thursday, there's going to be a bunch of team needs, and then somebody's going to take one of these players that do not fit a team need at all just because they're the highest graded on their board, and they're just going to take them anyway.
3: Uh-huh. So if Green, if Green Bay decides to take tight end at 13, they're really reaching based on the over-unders for Mayer and wow. TK.
1: Yeah, and they, they could be a trade-back candidate as back. well. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I wouldn't,
3: like I wouldn't like that for my, my JSN love at 13 so
1: I mean
2: Brennan yeah. uh Cowboys is a tight end plus 175 favorite right now and <laughs> honestly King, uh, Kincaid's kind of uh being mocked there and a lot of I'm sorry Mayor's being mocked there in a lot of them and I think it's possible and I think that number's moved a ton so e- even at that price it's, it's interesting but uh yeah Okay. So that's it for Travis. His bets are done. He's got, and he's given out if you
3: want to go back and listen to previous episodes, he's given out other stuff. Now, again, I will, I will caution. Numbers have changed. Odds have changed. An example, I referenced earlier, he had over five and a half defensive backs in the first round. That number now is significantly juiced at minus minus one eighty eight to the over. Um, Luke, anything else that you want to uh, give out here? I'm going to go two more. I'll just go back to back. It was the first one and this one is
0: los angeles rams first position and this one is just like where th- their first picks in the second round um and i'm gonna go with wide receiver plus 850 uh which you see some things about them potentially wanting to come up for a wide receiver trade up which I, I i really have no idea what they have left to trade up with but at 850 like in i was like as we were going through the last pick i was just looking through odds and I just saw a wide receiver Rams 850. And it was a spur of the moment pick that I'll be taking when we get off. But when you're the second round, anything is on the table. And you have the beat writers, you have seen rumors about trading up and needing a wide receiver. And they lost Alan Robinson, who is washed anyway. <laughs> Did he ever show up there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where, yeah, at 850, I'll go with wide receiver. And then my second one is going to be Miami Dolphins, another second rounder. First position, I'm going to go with tight end at plus 430. And this is one where I was reading something last night about coaches' comments and offensive line somewhat being off the table Um, in the second round, which the first pick is at 51, which that is the favorite. And then basically tight end being a need where you have Gusecki on the Patriots now, and then you have the crop of tight ends that everything you read is, there's five of them and we got the top 2 and then these 3 that you could make an argument that they could go in the first round in any other draft. When we get to 51 it's a need. You read everything about offensive line not being the case and it just seems like a great value at plus 430 um in the second round that like I yeah, I mean it, it's it's just on FanDuel these are great odds relative to where it is elsewhere.
3: So Durham is a Smith, Durham Smith, their tight end. Smythe. I was Exactly. Exactly. Is, is he their is he their guy?
0: I mean, that is exactly why we're making this bet. Okay. Well, <laughs> i would, so, so I
3: guess what I'm, what I'm getting at is that you've gathered that they don't think he's the guy. That is all I'm getting at. I would at. yeah,
0: I would hope. And I mean, you gotta in and, and you got a team that it, it just seems like they're always trying to add weapons um on the offensive side, uh, especially with the AFC East being where it is now and Gusecki was great, but he's gone. And-
3: okay, but didn't – by the way, it's Smythe. Isn't that why Gaseki left, though? Because he wasn't utilized in that offense with Hill and Waddle.
1: They want yeah, a blocking but- tight end, though. I mean, Gusecki's more okay. of the – Which I guess yeah. they could still take one. That makes sense. Right, yeah. Okay. Which would be, who
0: knows, even Washington. Um, We're hoping Washington goes in the first, but Laporta, Musgrave, the guy out of North Dakota State – craft uh, craft <laughs> uh, there, there's just a plethora of options to make the case that they could take at 51 um, unique to this draft. Like everyone you see, says the deepest draft. So like, if we get to 51, like being worried about one of the tight ends being worthy of that pick, not being there, shouldn't be the case unless we just go tight end, like unless there's just a crazy run of tight ends. Um, so, yeah.
3: All right. Evan, you got thoughts there on the uh, potential of what uh, receivers might look like early second round. And by the way, the Rams do have the fifth pick of the second round. It goes Pittsburgh, Houston, maybe Hendon hooker at that spot. Uh, unless he goes in the first round, of course, Arizona, Indian, and the Rams are at 36.
2: Yeah. Let's try, yeah, perfect. Let's try to hit all of our bets right now. Uh, so we could do under three and a half wide receivers. First round. Uh, we could take, Quentin the over 26 and a half, but have Quentin land to the Rams at 16 to one. Um, I I think he's a type of wide receiver that goes long. Uh, I think it's possible they could look at him. I wonder what Luke thinks about that, but it's 16 to one odds, considering they would want a weapon. And we think that someone that can fall a little bit out of the first round, I think it's an interesting thought. And just to like tie a note here again, the Rams haven't had a first round pick since Jared Goff uh, 2016. Unless they make a deal in the first round this year, they'll become the first team to go seven straight years without a first-round pick since Washington in 84 to 90. So literally insane. It's been forever. And I think it makes sense. You're trying to go for a weapon, and the guy could fall. So at 16 to 1, I'm willing to take a flyer there. Yeah, I think I mentioned that
0: on the show last week where Quentin was. You, you start to feel that Quint was falling and looking into Quint's specific team odds, which have been there forever which are priced out for him to go in the first round to the wide receiver needy teams. Um, There was a a ton of value down low based off of if he does fall into the second round, second round where the teams at the start of the second round are the teams in the top 10 of the first that they weren't priced out for. Um, So, yeah,
3: I like it. I like it. Makes some sense. So and Houston has the same odds. Arizona has the same odds, and that those two teams are right, right there. Houston thirty three, Arizona thirty four.
2: Um, keep an eye on the Colts the Hopkins, too. Maybe. You trade the Hopkins. It could be the whole deal right there. They get rid of him. They they go to Quinton. I mean, again, either of those three teams, honestly, to me, kind of make the most sense if he falls out of that range, which I think all three of us agree is probably the case with the other three wide receivers on the other side of it. So. That's our thoughts. (laughs) Agreed. I kind of
3: want the Colts to take Quentin Johnston uh, so they can get the uh, Jimmer say, "Hey Quentin, what's up, man?" Like that whole uh, (laughs) thing again. Like that would just be that would be phenomenal. (laughs) Uh, When they call, they called, and that's a reference to uh, Quentin Nelson uh, when the Colts drafted him a couple years ago. Uh okay, so let's let's recap the picks. I feel like we're back in the NFL season. It's great. It's like a nice reminder. Recapping. <laughs> oh, it's phenomenal. Um okay, so here's what Luke's got. Luke's got. We'll go right in order of how these guys gave him out. Luke's on the Eagles to draft D line with their first pick. Uh, I didn't catch the odds. You got it at plus money though. What did you get for the odds for that one for the Eagles pick? Uh,
0: one sec. Sorry, I put you on the spot there. I say it's plus one seventy five now.
3: Okay, plus 175. Travis is on under one and a half running backs in the first round at plus 158. Luke likes the Bengals defensive line with their first pick, plus 350. Travis, Luke's on this too. Travis got Quentin Johnson, the wide receiver out of TCU, over 26 and a half draft position, plus 128. Luke's on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to take D-line with their first pick. Travis is on over Two and a half tight ends, first round, plus 198. And then Luke's got two more for year Rams to take a wide receiver with their first pick. They're drafting early second round. That uh, number is at plus 850, which is the seventh position in the order of the odds. So that's a it's a dart throw, but I love it. It makes a lot of sense. And then the Luke, uh, Luke's got one more. Dolphins tight end with their first pick at plus 430. All right. Any lasting thoughts before we go? We good good luck. good luck to us. Yeah. Okay. It's long time. That's what it is.
1: Love it. <laughs> Travis, anything to add before we go? I w- I wish the draft started like five minutes from now. <laughs> like I'm ready to go. <laughs> All right. Good I'm work, everybody. One more day is too long.
3: One more. As a reminder, we will have more draft coverage here on the action network podcast. We are going to come out with some day two coverage Early Friday morning, we're going to get together Thursday night and give you anything we can on day two, which, of course, rounds two and three take place on Friday. And I'm actually kind of fascinated because if some things hit from Thursday night, then we're going to be riding some stuff into uh, Friday after uh, Friday evening. So I'm actually really excited for that. So we'll have a, a brief episode out for day two coverage. Any picks we can give out, we will and if anything, they'll just be sort of a reaction episode two to what happened on Thursday. But mostly picks for Friday because we understand that's why you are here. For Luke Swain, Vegas Refund. Travis Reed, find him at Bet Labs, And our Director of Research and Media at Action Network, Evan Abrams. Brendan Glasheen, thanks for tuning in to the Action Network podcast presented by FanDuel. Have a great time betting the NFL Draft. We hope to talk to you all again and have you hearing from us on Friday. See you.